Well, thank you, Kelly Robinson, and Happy New Year. Happy New Gardening Year to everybody listening. I appreciate you joining us today, and it's uh, nice to have you. We are live. We've been live all the way through the holidays, and I hope you joined us then. Hope you join us now. I guess you must have, or you wouldn't be hearing me say that. So if I can help you with a plant question, a garden question, it doesn't have to be plant. It could be it could be uh, landscape design. It could be something else. I don't get a lot of those questions. That's kind of hard to portray on the air, but, but I'll be glad to try. 888-256-1080 is the number. Jared Taylor is running the boards and answering the calls and screening the calls to make sure that you know you're talking to a gardening talk show and not some investment program. Oh, my goodness. I couldn't help you with that if I had to. Uh, but I'd be happy to help you and, and talk to you about gardening. That's what I love doing. That's the world's greatest hobby. And uh, it is has been my pleasure all of my career, pretty much all of it, to talk about my favorite hobby. And we can do that together if you'll call 888-256-1080 in the next hour. We have an hour together, that's all. And so don't uh, don't put it off too long or you'll lose your chance. Live every Saturday, just a little after 11 until just a little before 12. And uh, so this is the time. Uh, lots of things to do now as we go into uh, as we go into January. January is a very busy month and a lot of people don't realize that because you think, well, it's just really quiet, not much going on now. Well, that's wrong. There's a lot going on. And we'll talk about some of those things just off the top of my head. But I'd rather talk to you, to you about the things that are of importance to you. So I hope you'll pick up the phone. Give me a call. We'll get the program underway in a minute. But let me give you the phone number once again. It is toll-free anywhere you can hear me, whether you're in Amarillo or whether you're in uh, Victoria and Corpus Christi, whether you're in Alpine or College Station, Brian, uh, maybe you're in Crockett or or Madisonville, along the Red River, in Central Texas, in the big country, in the heart of Texas, wherever you are, give me a call. 888-256-1080. This is the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. And uh, here we are on the 6th of uh, January. Let me write that down on my record book here. I keep a record of all my calls, and I must force myself to write 2024 Lawn and Garden Hour. So, there, I'm ready for you. Bring it on. Bring it on. 888-256-1080. One of the things, for example, that you need to do is get your garden ready soon, really soon, because you are within two weeks. You're there now in South Texas, planting time for onions and English peas. You are there now in, in South Texas. You will very soon be there by the end of the month. Uh, in uh, or even the 20th, 25th in Central Texas and even North Central Texas. Those have to go in early because if you plant them too late, they'll, they'll mature in hot weather and they won't have the flavor you want. Uh, peas will just burn up. They won't, uh, they won't produce English peas. We're talking about uh, the uh, sugar snap peas and things of that sort. Um, the onions won't, uh, won't be good at all. They'll be hot. So you have to get them in on time. Vegetable gardening must be done on its own schedule, not on your schedule, not when it's convenient, not now because it rained for three weeks. Sorry, uh, summer comes about the same time every year in Texas, and it isn't pleasant. You don't uh, ask it to wait. It comes when it wants to, and your vegetables had better be in and, 
and uh, ready to perform. So we can talk about all of that, but we can also talk about your lawn, uh, why it looks the way it does, why it's doing what it's doing. Oh, I saw my uh, daffodils up about four inches tall. What's with that? What's going to happen to those if it does get cold? And it will get cold. I think we've been told at our home in McKinney, outside uh, the Dallas area, uh, just northeast of Dallas, uh, to expect, I think, 23 or 24 degrees later this week. What's that going to do to the daffodils? Well, I'll answer that one right now and tell you, not much. Not going to hurt them at all. They've, <laughs> it happens every year. So that's just uh, one of the things you learn. All right. Well, we'll get the program underway in just a moment. Let me tell you about Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. This is my book. It is the book that I wrote to try to give you one single reference you can hold in your hands. I wanted it to be a, a handbook that you could take into a garden center, and you could do it. You don't have to have a two-wheeler dolly to get it in. But I kept adding 16-page increments to this book, and uh, it got a lot of pages. It ended up with 344 pages. It is a hardback. It's printed on high-quality paper, and it has 840 of my photographs. The good news is I've decided to leave the price of my book at just $34.95 for a little longer. And that's good news for you. And it's good news for me as well, because uh, this way I can keep selling the book all the way into the springtime. You really need this to uh, get you off to a great start. I think you'll find that it will make you a successful gardener this spring. In fact, I will guarantee it will make you successful by the end of the spring, by June, or I'll buy it back from you. No questions asked at full price. I'll pay exactly what you paid for it. And so that's my guarantee. You will be satisfied or I'll buy it back. I've sold 85,000 copies of the book to date, and no one has asked for a refund, but that offer is always there. Chapter 2 of the book is very special. It's a 48-page chapter with four pages per month dedicated to telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of your plants for every county in Texas. It's a perpetual calendar. I've never done that before. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter 3, that's chapter 2 I mentioned, Chapters 3 through 11 are trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. Now, how do you order the book? Because, Neil, you've told us it's not in stores and not on Amazon. It's exactly right. It would have cost too much if I'd done that. You order it directly from my website, neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. You also call my office weekdays at 800-752-GROW. That's during business hours, 800-752-4769. But the better way is to order it right now at neilsperry.com. Just $34.95, satisfaction guaranteed at neilsperry.com. Let me tell you about the certification program of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. If you're looking for reliable, localized nursery help, people who understand what you face and understand your needs and know what plants will do best for you in your climate, that's what you want at the, uh, at the certified nursery professionals from the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. I was there when that program was started 40 years ago, and I've watched it develop. And when there was one certified nursery professional, Sterling Cornelius, and now there are thousands across the state of Texas. These are the men and women who have studied long and hard hours. They have passed a tough exam 
examination that proves that they know what they're talking about. They are the experts. Don't shop at the big national chains where you have somebody who last week was selling plumbing. Shop at an independent retail garden center or hardware store or farm store where you're dealing with full-time professional nurserymen and nursery uh, women. This is the uh, certified nursery professionals at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. Shop where you see their name badges and their emblems. I'll be back with more after this message. All right, Kelly, let me uh, emphasize that number one more time. We're going to go to Carrie and Brenham in a minute, but we have a line open if you'd like it. And that number is 888-256-1080. Call right now, won't you please? 888-256-1080. Carrie, this is Neil. Good morning. Thanks for calling. First call of the new year. How can I help you? Hey, uh, I do a lot of shredding and small, uh, small shredding in pastures, and we have a problem with wheat and it seems like it's just getting worse and worse and i don't know if i'm spreading it from one pasture to another by shredding one you know from one to the other and i just want to know uh is there anything i can do to control it or to keep it under control let me try my best to help you um i think probably a brush control specialist from a m would be the best source of help for you um and how large be and and the reason is that that was what my dad did for a living for a and m and uh that was a very distinct art and science for his department in range management and that was a, a long ways away from where i went in in horticulture but i certainly watched and certainly familiar um what is the size of the plants that you're shredding are they just saplings are they re-sprouts what are they well, most of them are smaller, and when they get, you know, like an inch or more in diameter, I try to avoid them. So, just for the thorns so and my tires, but I, I don't want to be spreading this stuff from one pasture to another. It's my biggest issue. I don't think you're going to spread it when you're shredding it. I don't. That's not going to happen. It's just the seeds that are going to spread everywhere. If you're shredding seeds, then yes, you would spread it. Uh, cutting the uh, cutting the tree is not going to do any anything. Are you are you cutting it at a time when the seed is ripe? Uh, no, um, all the times that I've shredded it up to this point, it's just been mostly like dried out. So, okay, uh, you're not doing anything to spread it. You don't have to have any guilt okay, complex. Well that, you sound like me. I feel guilty about things that I lots of times have no control over anyway. Uh, they're going to need to use uh, probably a, a brush control herbicide and get on some kind of brush control program. Or I, I don't know if you cable um, Wesatch or not. Uh, I, I, uh, no. That's not something I, I work in, so I don't really know. But the extension service uh, out of uh, out of Washington County could help. Or good gosh, you. So that'd be my best resource to find out what works best in this area. It sure would, and you're one county away from from uh, from the mother load of information in College Station, and I know they would right. be able to help you. I think we have a like uh, say, Texas Ag Extension agent here, so yeah, that's that's the the best place to go. That that would work. I spent summers summers working with my dad, uh, doing exactly that on on Mountain Laurel and and uh, Mescal Bean, it was called, and uh, same plant, two names and mesquite and other things 
and uh, so I, I get it. Have you ever have you ever mowed a uh, or uh, uh, shredded a, a pasture that had uh, uh, had honey locust trees? <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, not that I know of. I mean, you we know, know, most you of them know. are pretty clear. I uh, would we, know. We bought we bought eleven acres, and we had about fifteen or twenty honey locust trees on that property on our property where we live. And my gosh, I could not get those things out of here fast enough. They have thorns. I have a photo I'm going to put in my eGardens newsletter one of these days. Uh, thorns are, you know, they, they kind of have an L shape and zigzag shape, and they're, they get three or four or five inches long. And they go through everything. Just horrible. So, well, I no, you're good. I think you're on the right track. Okay, well, I appreciate you using my mind about spreading the stuff, and I'll do what you said and contact the extension agent. You're good. Thank you, Kerry. Thanks for the call. Have a good day. Yes, sir. Bye Thank bye. you. All right. All right. We said it blooms kind of pretty plant, but uh, not when you have it in your pasture. All right. Uh, that line is open, 888-256-1080. Most of my work is in urban horticulture. I, I don't claim complete prowess on any topic. Uh, some things I know more about, and uh, when I do, I will try my best to help you. Uh, and when I don't, I will try my best to help you and admit that I don't know very well. And uh, so that's why I referred him to the Extension Service. That's where the specialists, if you get into, um, for example, um, uh, waterways, you have uh, aquatic weeds, not my, not my specialty, and I'll say the same, same office to be referred to College Station for that one as well. But uh, when you're talking about urban horticulture, I'll, I'll be glad to help. You know, there are a lot of weeds in our lawns right now that are popping up because it has been warm across Texas. And uh, those weeds can, in many cases, especially the farther south you go in Texas, a lot of those can be addressed right now with a broadleafed weed killer. If they are not grassy weeds, you know, in this case, I'm not talking about, uh, for example, um, annual bluegrass or rescue grass. I'm talking about clover and dandelions and and henbit, uh, I guess henbit really hadn't popped around, up around where I am yet, but uh, dandelions, clover certainly have. Uh, plantain, plantain, um, other big, bold, nasty, ugly-looking broadleafed weeds, non-grassy weeds. Uh, those can be controlled with a, a, a broadleafed weed killer spray, something containing 2,4-D. It's uh, written out as the number two, and then a comma, the number four, a hyphen, and then the letter D, as in dandelion. It's a, a shortening of a very long uh, chemical name. And that broadleaf weed killer will put into the non-grassy weeds. Now, you have to be careful not to get it on desirable broadleaf plants like pansies and, and uh, other things that are actively growing right now. You really wouldn't want to get it near even trees and shrubs that are uh, dormant right now. But, uh, but if you use it in a, in a pump sprayer and are very precise and applying it right to the clump of the nasty, ugly uh, thistle or whatever it is that's growing in your lawn, you can get rid of those now during these warm days. It's a little bit cooler coming up this next week, so it may not be uh, feasible. Eric is calling from Brian, and we'll go to him right after I get this break out of the way. Stay with me, Eric. Good, uh, good question, and I'll do my best to help you. 
about the dead trees that are showing up around Bryan College Station. We'll see what those might be. Let me tell you about Fertilome right now. And, and uh, this is going to be kind of a New Year's resolution that will be very helpful to you, I think. Uh, it's uh, under the heading of Fertilome Winterizer Fertilizer for all the plants that are out there growing in your lawn and landscape right now. It might be ryegrass or fescue grass if you're up in the panhandle. Uh, ryegrass anywhere in Texas. It might be, uh, could be pansies. Could be, uh, uh, could be maybe some of your very early spring flowering shrubs as they finish blooming, like flowering quince or winter honeysuckle or some of those if you want to fertilize them uh, as soon as they finish blooming. Fertilome winterizer fertilizer would be great for that. This is just another of many dozens of great products from Fertilome and High Yield. This is a, a company based in Texas and uh, uh, available to you only through the uh, uh, independent retail garden centers and independent uh, retail farm and hardware stores. Uh, that's, uh, that's a very important aspect of the Fertilome company. They want to be only with the independent local owners. They don't want to be in the big national chains, and they've held to that, and, and good for them. Fertilome Winterizer has a 10-0-14 analysis. It's formulated to convert quickly and easily and then be stored uh, to keep your plants active during the good times during the winter and, and in uh, uh, waiting for when the good times return. It's just a great product. Oh, they're all great products from the Fertilome Company. They know Texas conditions. Ask for them by name when you go garden shopping at your local independent retail garden center and a nursery. That's Fertilome Products, Fertilome Winterizer. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Let's go back to the phone lines. Give me a call, won't you please, folks? 888-256-1080. Easier to get in now than it will be in a couple of weeks. And so if you have a landscaping question, you're thinking about redoing things this spring, call now. Don't be calling in uh, in February or March and saying, Neil, I just can't get in. You know how it is to get in the parking lot of a nursery in uh, in March? Man, I can't find a parking place. I got parked down the street somewhere. Well, that's the way this program will be. This is your time to call. We go to Eric in Bryan. Eric, this is Neil. Good morning. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm well. Thanks for calling. How can I help you? Uh, I do a lot of driving in the rural areas around Bryan College Station, and I've been noticing a lot of dead cedar trees, and I was wondering what, what you think would be the culprit of that. Uh, you're talking about out in the woods, native red cedars? Yes, Yes, sir. The ones, the ones that I have seen, Eric, I think have died from drought. I see them around uh, the eastern half of the state. There's no, as far as I'm have been aware, I have them on my property. I don't have any that have died, but I've seen them around uh, much of Texas. Uh, I'm not any particular disease that has moved in. Uh, occasionally, you will see a given plant here or there get hit by spider mites or get hit by bagworms um, but you you would have noticed the bagworms and and spider mites as far as i've ever observed in 50 years of doing this i've never seen them move into a neighborhood and 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 take out more than one plant here or there i think i saw one plant this year that that had been besieged by spider mites I think it's just drought. I've seen a lot of them that 
that died because of drought. Uh, mainly they were, uh, well, I, I want to think about this a little bit. What I was going to say, I, I'm not sure I agree with what I'm about to tell you. I think most of the ones I've seen have been kind of mid-aged, uh, 15 or 20 year old ones, not big mature ones with deep roots. Um, some of the ones were younger ones too that didn't have very good root systems yet. Last year's drought and then, well, now I have to go back two years, the uh, drought of 22, the drought of 23, both uh, uh, did a lot of damage. I got you. I was thinking of something like that. I thought maybe the, you know, the snow we had last year lasted for several days. May have something to do with it, but there's one no. tree will be fine. The one next to it will be dead. I'm just curious. Yeah, and and they vary a little bit on how much they can tolerate in drought. They vary on how dry they are. The soil could be different from one tree to the next. Um, right. In terms of how deep the soil is, or how how well established the root system is. Um, I think if it had been just a little worse on drought, you would have seen a lot more of them die. If it had been just a little wetter, you wouldn't have seen any. I think it was marginal, and that's that's not uncommon. Um, but I, I think that's probably what it was. Okay. That makes sense. I'm just curious. I know you know more than I do. So I'm just picking your brain. I don't know that I know more than you do. Maybe on Eastern Red Cedars, I know one item more than you do. But in the whole scheme of things, eh, you're probably ahead of me. <laughs> Hope you have a great day. Thanks for calling. Right, thank you for you're calling from my hometown. My hometown doesn't even look like it did any anywhere near what it did when I grew up. Thanks for the call, Eric. Let's go to Liz in Sweetwater. Liz, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Thank you for taking my call. How can call. I help you? Sure. I'll, I've got, I started off with three blackberry plants. And over the years, they've started multiplying and multiplying until I've got eight foot of solid blackberries. <laughs> Can I dig them up and transplant them? Yes, absolutely. Those are root sprouts that have come up from one plant to the next. They, they are prolific. They grow like um, not, not as uh, horrifically quickly as cane or bamboo will do, but that's what they do. They send up shoots beside the mother plant. There will be plants in all directions, and they can be dug and divided. Um, if I moved into your house and and was in, and and encountered that patch of blackberries, I probably would dig a bunch of them out. If I if I knew that it was a good variety, I would dig a bunch of them out and start a new row of them somewhere else, totally away from that one. And then eventually I would probably take that one out and give it up just because it was too congested. Um, yeah. Well, it, it have is you, very have congested. You cut these, yeah. Have you cut these back each year after you harvested a cane? Did it get cut back to the ground? Um, no, because they're so thick. I can't trace one back to the ground. Cause that's how yeah, bad they are. I understand. Are. And that's, and that's why I said what I did. I think you'll find mm -hmm. that uh, when you get them out into a nice long row where you can manage them well, and uh, what you have to do with blackberries is uh, is harvest the the canes that are produced in 2024 will have their fruit in 2025, and so if you dig and divide these now and get a really strong uh, plant, 
that you dig out of the ground now and, 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 and make a row of plants like that, um, then those plants will start bearing fruit next year. And you will cut them after a, a given cane has fruit on it, you cut that cane completely back to the ground in, in June or late May. And you'll notice while you're doing that, that there are new canes shooting up that are even stronger and taller. And those are the ones that will have fruit in 2026. Um, and so you're always, you're always harvesting last year's canes. They only bear fruit one time. And if you leave mm -hmm. them there, then it all becomes jumbled together. It's, it's hard on the plant. Uh, there is a, a, a physiological problem that happens and the fruit becomes malformed if you leave them that way. And so you, you always want to clean them up right after you harvest them. Um, yeah. yeah it's no, also, I, think it's, I think it's a good idea to tip prune the new canes. So this year, while you're getting uh, new canes shooting up that are going to bear fruit next year, uh, to, to prune out the, the growing tips uh, and make them produce side branches so these new canes don't get so tall, that will help also just to manage yeah. the, the look of the bed. But you can have a beautiful row of blackberries that way or several rows and, uh, and keep them in, in much better order that way. That's what I would recommend. You're going to be in business. Well, I thought you could, you know, because I didn't know what else to do other than just dig them up and throw them away, but I didn't want to do that because they produce no. very large blackberries. Well, if, if they're, if they're tasty and if they're, uh, if they're happy, you know, if they're, if they're productive, then I would certainly dig and, and, and relocate and start another row of them somewhere nearby full sun, yeah. well-draining soil, which is going to be the case in Sweetwater anyway, but, but you'll do, uh, you'll do fine with them. The time to dig okay. them is the next uh, four or five weeks. January is oh. the perfect time. Good. I uh, thank you very much, sir, for your information. You are welcome very much. Let me know when the pie is ready. I'll be over. Okie dokie. Thank you. All right. Thanks. For you the have call. a good Bye -bye. day. Mm -hmm. I will. Thank you. All right. Her line is open. If you actually, those two lines are both open. 888-256-1080. Give me a call right now. Won't you please? 888-256-1080. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening will tell you that. Chapter two will tell you that, that in January you dig and divide established blackberry plants. And in, in May or June, you uh, harvest the blackberries and cut the canes clear back to the ground. Tells you all that. That's in the uh, in Chapter 2, the calendar, the perpetual calendar. It also tells you there's a bit of redundancy because it will tell you how to grow blackberries back um, in Chapter 10, the fruit chapter. And it tells you the best varieties. There's been a lot of work done on blackberries, and there's some wonderful varieties out there now. So... Uh, this book has chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas, and uh, that covers uh, the soil types of Texas, the climatic zones of Texas, hardiness zones of Texas, and why I think the new USDA hardiness zone is not as accurate as the 1990 hardiness zone. And uh, even though there's been yet another new hardiness zone, I think they've missed the boat again uh, because of the, uh, the extreme cold that we've had a couple of times. So there you go. That's chapter one. Chapter two is that 48-page calendar, perpetual calendar. Chapters three through 11 are very detailed chapters on trees. They, they cover specifically trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, 
lawns, fruit, and vegetables. All of those given about a month to six weeks of my life to write each of those chapters. It took more than a year for me to write this book and a lifetime to learn what I put in this book. 840 of my photographs and 344 pages, a hardback, printed in San Antonio, not in China. And uh, so this is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. It is not in stores. It's not on Amazon. You buy it directly from my website or by calling my office during business hours. The office phone number is 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it right now from neilsperry.com. I sign every copy of the book as it sells, satisfaction fully guaranteed, or I'll give you every penny back. That's at neilsperry.com. It's only $34.95. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Order before the price goes up. That's at neilsperry.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after the images. All right, thank you, Kelly. And indeed, we go back to the phone lines. A couple of calls ahead here. 888-256-1080. We go to Ben in Bryan. Ben, this is Neil. Thanks for calling. Thank you very much, Neil. I, I have, it's not going to be a problem right now, but it's been a problem for a couple of years. I have a beautiful hibiscus plant that has given me many years of uh, dutiful work, but I've been told it, that thrips have gotten into the ground around it. I have uh, I've done soil soaking. I've also uh, used uh, on the uh, on the above ground. I've also used a systemic spray insecticide, the ortho rose and flower thing. And I just didn't know if there was something I could do now that would help me get ahead of it. But <clears throat> pardon me, it, it's uh, it causes the leaves. It causes the blooms to fall off before I get blooms. It causes the leaves to sort of shrivel. And it even does it to my Mexican petunias that are in the ground around it. Uh, I've been I've been told it's thrips, and I've tried to fight it as best I can, and it's been a real challenge. So I thought maybe you could take it up to okay, another uh, level. All right, I'll I'll try to help you. Uh, thrips can be a real problem on a lot of different plants, and and certainly this is this tropical hibiscus or hardy hibiscus. It's hardy. All right. And uh, so these are single or double flowering. It's going to have to be single if it's if it's hardy. Yeah, it is. Correct. All right. And when the what's happening? Are the buds aborting prematurely? Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, what percentage of them abort? Well, uh, I've had uh, I have five of the plants. Uh, that are growing nearby uh, each other very, I mean, within like a 10 foot circle area. And uh, I'll have uh, almost most, I'll have most of them abort uh, if I, if I don't okay. uh, really get after it. Okay. I've That's what I'm saying. It's a real, of, it's a real problem. No, I got that. I've grown all kinds of hibiscus, uh, hardy, uh, uh, tropical, um, Hibiscus relatives, other things. I like that family very much. Altheas, uh, Roses of Sharon. Um, and I, thrips would be a possibility. 
I would expect them more in the hardy, in the tropical hibiscus, uh, the double flowering ones, than I would in the ones out in the ground. Uh, thrips are not going to be something you deal with out of the soil. They're going to be in the in the flowers. I guess they have to overwinter somewhere, but I don't think it would be in the soil. Well, no, I, I think maybe I've maybe I've maybe I've misidentified. Um, it's uh, but uh, and the reason I say that is I've back when it was blooming beautifully. I would I have never really had a good identification, and I've taken it to some of the can people see I really trust here. You can see thrips. Oh. When, when, you get a, when you get a bud of a gardenia or a rose, if you ever have a rose that has, uh, we'll say it's a, a white rose and it has red spots on the petals and it doesn't open properly. I, I don't want to use roses because of rose rosette virus. Uh, okay. If you get mums, if, uh, uh, if you get plants that don't open properly and you, you peel the, it could be camellias, it could be anything with a lot of petals, and you peel them open, you will see thrips. I always describe thrips as looking like two-day-old whiskers. They usually are kind of a honey color, very slender, and they're down where the petals attach to the, 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 the uh, base of the, of the petals in the center of the flower, and they usually do their damage before the flower ever opens, and keep it from, they keep it from opening properly. But you can see them. If you can't, you know, if your eyes are not good, then you can see them with a, a very low power reading glass. But they're well, I, there. I, I, um, I have, um, I peel open the buds and it looks, they look, it looks black inside, like something is eaten from the inside out. And maybe that, okay, maybe that I just could, need to. Okay, let me, let me tell you what happens to hibiscus in general uh, when it turns hot and dry. Uh, they, they and, and this is most evident. This, this conversation could take 45 minutes. I don't have 45 minutes is my problem. I got to do it quickly. The hibiscus clan, especially Aaron and tropical hibiscus in pots, I haven't seen this happen as much to hardy hibiscus in the ground, but they are very sensitive to changes in, uh, in moisture, soil moisture. And they, they work a bunch of their, their buds. You get a, a rose of Sharon in the ground, and it turns all of a sudden. They, they try to bloom in May, and it, they try to bloom at that transition time in Texas when it turns from kind of nice and balmy spring weather to, oh, my gosh, who opened the oven? And that's when they're trying to bloom, and they say, man, who brought us here? We're, you know, we'd love it up in Iowa, and how do we show up in this mess? And, and they drop. 40% of their flower buds. They still bloom nicely, but not, we had one spring where it just was cool and wet until the end of June. And the roses of Sharon were gorgeous. Same thing with tropical hibiscus in pots. They will abort so many of their flowers. That's what you're describing it sounds like. And that's what their buds will do. They'll turn mushy and black on the inside because they just can't hold it together. They have too many buds, too much expectation of great weather uh, because that's what they've had, and then all of a sudden it turns hot and they can't get the water through fast enough. That's more like what it sounds like. And by the way, you mentioned uh, Ruelia, Mexican petunia. It, it would be amazing to me if an insect or disease moved between these two plants. They're, they're not related. That's in the, in the nightshade family with the 
right, not right. related. Yeah, not in the well, family. Obviously, I need to keep a closer watch on it then and, and see if I can uh, find yeah, out more peel information. Some open, and, peel them open right as soon as they fall and, and don't give them a chance to deteriorate at all and, and do a little more homework early, early, early in the game and see what you can find. And watch the, watch the weather, see if it's happening exactly when it turns hot and dry. That's going to be Thank you, Neil. I appreciate the help. I'm glad you Take called. Care. Good luck, Ben. All right. Uh, to uh, Jennifer in College Station, called with uneven turf. I'm, I'm sorry you had to hang up. Felt that you wouldn't get on the air. David and Corpus Christi, let me take my last break, and I'll get to you. So stay with me. Neil Sprays eGardens is my free electronic newsletter that comes from my computer to your email on Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. I spend about a day and a half a week working on eGardens, and I think you'll find it to be very, very useful and very, I mean, you can't beat the price. It's free and always will be. The next issue, that no, we've already done the first issue of this year, and that was the beginning of the 20th year of eGardens. And for all of that time, it has been free. And uh, I have loved doing eGardens. It has proved, uh, it was one of the very first newsletters that came out weekly of any kind. And uh, here, here it is now. So I'd love to have you. I sign up for it. You do so at my website. Same place you go to buy my book at that discounted price. It's Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. You can see what it looks like. You can see the most recent issue, the, the first of the 20th year. If you go to neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, and then click on eGardens. All right, and let me also tell you once again about the Texas Certified Nurseryman Program and a nursery professional program. Uh, this is the way you can be sure that you get the best nursery help. Look for the name badges, look for the emblems of Texas Certified Nursery Professionals at member nurseries of the Texas Certified, uh, at Texas Association of, uh, Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. I'll be okay, I'll get this in, I'm just trying to, trying to hurry. Uh, these are the real professionals in the nursery industry. Ask your questions there. You'll get great help. Texas Certified and Master Certified Nursery Professionals at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, we go to David in Corpus Christi. David, this is Neil. I have about a minute and a half. How can I help you? Yes, sir. I have, uh, I guess they're a stinging nettle. Comes up every year in the yard. I've sprayed and done syrup. I was wondering, is there any treatment for them? They're not bad yet, but they are starting to, I'm starting to see them pop up. And as soon uh, as I you know see them, as, as soon as you see them, if you will use a tank sprayer, a little two gallon sprayer, they're not expensive and use a broadleafed weed killer containing two, four D the product I mentioned a little bit earlier this hour uh, that will kill uh, nettles of all kinds. It'll kill clover, dandelions, any non-grassy plant. And, and I always say it that way to emphasize that you need to be careful uh, using a broadleaf weed killer around, like I said then, uh, pansies and ground covers and, and other desirable broadleaf plants. But out in the lawn or in an open area, you will have no trouble. So that's two four D. Okay, now what was the uh, what was the number again? 
It's the not numbers. a number. It's it's a it's a chemical name. It's the number two comma four hyphen D is in dandelion two four D. Your nurseryman or your hardware store will know what I'm talking about. I'm out of time, but okay. they'll know what you're asking for when you ask for two four D. Thank you. You betcha. Thank and you. read the label directions very carefully and follow them very carefully so that you get the results you want. Hey, everybody, I have loved being with you today, and the the pace of calls is really picking up. That's a good thing. Hope you have a wonderful week. Jared Taylor, good job on production of the program. Until next week, happy gardening. <laughs>